0: I'm Isabella Freund. And I'm Alyssa Sullivan.
1: Miss America brought us together. But now we're using our voices to discuss issues beyond
0: the crown. For the next few months, our podcast will shine a light on how the community is reacting to the COVID-19 pandemic. We interview doctors, teachers, business
1: owners to help you understand what the future holds and bring you some kind of certainty in a world that is anything but.
0: This is the Closer Apart podcast. Hey. Hi.
1: How are you? What have you been up to?
0: I mean, nothing much, obviously, staying at home. But I've actually spent a lot of time on my phone and checking through social media. So that's something that I've been struggling with this past week or so. Oh, my God. Just trying to make sure that I'm spending time wisely on social media. It's a great tool, and we can use it to keep each other closer while we are apart. I I totally agree.
1: I've been spending way more time on social media than I should. Definitely not. The healthiest thing, as I'm sure the scientists would say. But because I've been on it so much, I'm sure you can agree. I've seen a lot of people venting what they're going through on social media and sort of sharing their struggle with each other and i think that that's really beautiful because a lot of times we see people speak about the facebook rants or vents in a negative way but i actually think this is a great tool during this time for people to share what they're experiencing in hopes that someone else can
0: relate right it's all about being able to relate with each other in a different way everyone is going through this in different ways but you know we are we are in this together and we have to remember that it is a good idea to use social media to still stay connected to others and Share what's on our minds. I know there's that cliche quote that everyone is
1: going through a struggle that we know nothing about, but it's very true. And my heart goes out to everyone who is going through their individual struggle. As we've said before, we're here for you and we support you and we are your people. And I think that our guest today is going to talk a lot about knowing who your people are, finding your network and keeping them close to you during the pandemic.
0: Right. Our guest today is Marty Burdicker. She has been actively involved with Speak Up since its inception and became executive director in 2015. Marty has over 20 years of experience providing strategic services to individuals, nonprofits, and foundations, including the Pew Charitable Trust, the William Penn Foundation, and others. Marty's mother founded Speak Up. Marty's mother founded Speak Up, but it was inspired by her brother, Bob Gillen Jr., a young gay man who died of AIDS in 1992 at the age of 30. Hi.
1: Hi. Can you hear me okay? Yes. So one of the things on your website that caught my eye is the line that says, it takes courage to ask for help. You are not alone. So how do you show people that they aren't alone?
2: So a couple different ways. But one of the main ways is that the centerpiece of our program is a breakout group where we mix youth educators and parents Mm -hmm. in the same room, but you can't be with anybody in your own family. So these end up being small groups of 20 to 25 people that are mixed. And what happens in that facilitated discussion on the topic that the participants have picked is that when you start listening to people talk, you hear that the way that they think, the, what they're feeling, what they've experienced is similar to what you have been experiencing. In fact, 96% of our participants say that as a result of Speak Up, they realize that they're not alone in that. Then what happens is we often talk about how it's really hard to admit you have a problem if you don't believe there's a solution. And so when you hear how different people have navigated through their stress or their relationships or alcohol or whatever the issue may be, you then can imagine that someone could help me figure out what to do about whatever particular problem that I'm having at the time. And our results are that 95% of our participants are more willing to ask for help after a Speak Up.
0: That's incredible. So how has the coronavirus changed the way that Speak Up fulfills their mission?
2: You know, it's a great question. We work through schools. So we're working currently with 36 middle schools and high schools in the area. And so obviously with the schools right now being Mm -hmm. virtual learning, Uh, We had to cancel six of our Speak Up program events, which is, you know, hard because some of the students had already begun planning their event and learning to become sort of social and emotional leaders. And there's a lot of them. And so that part was hard. But I think the biggest difference is that ours is really about face-to-face engagement and conversation. That's both the work that we do with the students, our big forum where the youth educators and parents are together face-to-face in those groups I described. We also run a series of parent coffees in our office where maybe there might be 30 parents and now some grandparents as well mixed together, talking in a facilitated discussion more deeply about the topic, um, whether it's drugs and alcohol or relationships or gender and identity or sexuality. And so we've moved those parenting coffees to a virtual format and we've been doing zoom. What's been nice is that we've had an opportunity to reach even more people. Many people have said, I always wanted to come to the coffee, but I couldn't make it work into the commute or the timing. So that's been incredible. We had 90 some people recently on a parent coffee. We had 45 or 50 the week before And we're creating good crowds for our next three that are coming up uh, approximately once per week for the next uh, few weeks. So we're doing more virtual. We also did our student advisory group um, in a virtual way, which was a chance for us both to get students input on uh, the programming for next year, but also it was a chance for us to touch base and find out how they're doing socially and emotionally, because certainly these are stressful times And we know that it is a social and emotional struggle for people to be isolated, to have so much uncertainty, especially during some of those transition years, you know, seniors in high school, seniors in college, people going into high school.
1: How do you recommend that parents discuss the coronavirus with their children? Do you recommend that parents limit exposure to news coverage, or do you have any specific tips for them?
2: I do think, in general, it is good to limit exposure. But I also, I feel like there are a number of good resources out there about that. I feel like we get a lot of emails giving us advice on how to help talk to your kids about it. Um, It certainly depends on their age. Sometimes the advice is to follow their lead and answer their questions. So it can really depend. But I think in part, managing your own anxiety as a parent is one of the key ingredients because Certainly, young. we talk about how um, stress is contagious, and so is calm. The more we can show that, yes, we may have some uncertainty, and this is how we can navigate through that, acknowledging both that it's hard, but also messaging that we're going to be okay, and that people can help us with it.
0: I know you primarily work with teens, but what tips do you have for anyone who's struggling right now with a mental health condition during the coronavirus?
2: So our principles really work for everything. And I think that one of the things we say about Speak Up that's so interesting and makes it such a cool and unique model, I think, is that no matter what your problem is, the solution always begins with being willing to speak up and talk about it, because every problem grows in secrecy and isolation, and then to be willing to think, who can help me with this? And we do a lot of messaging, starting with our, you know, sixth graders on building their own network of support. Who are their people? Who can they be themselves with? Who is supportive in their life? Who is a good mentor or guide Um, and it should be more than one and they serve different roles and it changes over time, but really knowing who can you talk to because two heads are always better than one. So that would be one of my main pieces of advice. And also, you know, if you're feeling more down than usual to be able to seek help, seek professional help and certainly help is available. There are all different kinds of resources, the council for Relationship. Is doing some. Uh, they do great therapy, and they're offering some reduced fee things. We have certainly resources on our website. If um, you go to SpeakUp.org, there's a resource tab, and there they have uh, topic specific pages um, and different websites and helplines, and so there's a lot of different ways to reach out. But really, seeing asking for help as a sign of strength, not weakness, and honestly, normalizing that it's one of the things we do in Speak Up in general, but also in this case, is just to normalize that you're going to have a lot of different feelings, that it's going to be hard, that you're going to be frustrated, that you're going to be scared, yep. and that's okay. And you can be both those things and also be okay. And we also focus a lot on you know stress management. Uh, we have a good resource that's through the Center for Parent-Teen Communication. It's the stress management plan. It, it gets you thinking about how real is my worry trying to kind of narrow it down. What do I do for coping strategies? You know, do I, what makes me feel less worried or less anxious? Um, Some of the things that we used to rely on, you know, whether it might be sports um, it might be music, it might be art, it might be friends, it might be a shower. So like what are some of the things that people do just to bring down their stress level and, and thinking about what that is and and trying to not be too isolated um, using your social media and other platforms to be connected, even though you can't be together.
1: So you touched on this a little bit, but kids often take their lead from their parents. What advice do you have to parents out there who are handling the responsibility of homeschooling their children in addition to their own responsibilities?
2: We always say you don't have to do it perfectly, and you don't have to do it alone. And I think that right now, managing your own expectations for what is realistic to expect, and then communicating about it. So saying, for example, you're trying to balance school and work. Um, And so it might be talking to your boss about, hey, I'm trying to figure out the best way to manage school and work and to get things done in a timely and high quality manner. The best way for me to do that is to work, you know, four hours during the day and then four hours at night when they go to bed, it, does that work? You now, just because I think what happens is people start to feel like the reality should be different than it is, or that they're letting somebody down or that. So their perception of how bad the problem is can often be magnified where it would be reduced if you just communicated about the expectations. Um, Or if you said to your kids, you know, can we figure out a way to do this? One of the things we say and speak up all the time, and that would depend on the kids' ages, obviously, is that really young people are problem solvers. And if we can, not problems to be solved is what we normally say, but if we can bring our challenge to them, like, hey, I need to get my work done. You need help with school. I want to make sure that I'm there when you need me. Can we talk together about how we could figure this out? And they often have many constructive solutions when we engage them in problem solving through it with us, if that makes sense.
0: Right. Right. Telemedicine has allowed easier access to mental health services. Do you think that uh, it could help to continue to use these in the future?
2: I really do. I think it's been, I know for us, we've been really thinking about, we've been surprised by how much safety we've been able to create so that people are open on the conversations virtually through Zoom. I anticipated that it would be, people might be, there'd be a lot more awkward silences or there really hasn't been. So I think that we will be able to use these platforms to enhance and extend our programs in the future. I don't think that they will replace. And I think for some personalities, in some ways, the the tele-therapy and, and our virtual programming It can enable us to reach people for whom commuting to come to a program might be difficult. It can also enable you to reach people who maybe would feel more uncomfortable in the face-to-face conversation, but having a little less sort of physical intimacy in a space might make some people who might be shy or to be able to be more comfortable opening up. And so I think we're certainly learning ways to interact and communicate when we're not in person that will hopefully remain with us over time.
1: So this isn't just specific to the coronavirus, but how do you guide parents and their children with coming to terms with their mental health, when sometimes you may have parents who have the outlook that it may just be their child being a teenager and that it's not as serious of a problem?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I really like the Youth Mental Health First Aid training. We offer it at Speak Up several times per, per year free, but it, it gets offered in a lot of different places. It's a movement across the country to help create more awareness among adults about what youth mental health looks like, when you, signs and symptoms of when you should be concerned, and then how to help bridge somebody to support and it's a really good program we offer it a lot we offer it especially to parents who have kids who are struggling with mental health or if they want to know whether their child is struggling it builds the capacity of the family member so that they feel stronger because many of these issues you know remain with people over time and so learning and also they run in families often and so just getting more comfortable overall normalizing that it's common for young people to struggle with mental health problems. It's nothing to feel ashamed about or any stigma around. And I think that that is one of the really important pieces is normalizing it. And so that people don't feel like something must be wrong with either me as a parent or with my child. It really is about young people are both amazing and have a lot of strengths and they can also be struggling with mental health issues at the same time, and they don't negate each other. One of the things that we say is that we have seen, and it was true of my brother for whom Speak Up was started, is that often people who seem the best can be struggling the most. And so we really work with young people to say, because we can't always see it, we need you to say it. And we get them comfortable doing that. But we also say to adults that there are things that we do that make it more or less likely our young people will tell us when they're struggling. And young people, we've heard from, we talk to thousands of young people each year, all different kinds of kids ranging in the middle school and the high school and sometimes transition to college. Young people are really uh, looking out for adults. They try to protect them. They don't want to burden them. They don't want to worry them. And they really don't want to disappoint them. And so knowing that, knowing that it's hard for them to come to us, sometimes they say the people they are the closest to can be the hardest to talk to about these tough things or challenges because they don't want to disappoint or worry. And so we've really been saying to parents to make it clear to them that we can handle, they don't need to worry about protecting us from the truth. We are here to help them. We don't have to have all the answers as parents. That's another really important message we just need to message to our kids that it's going to be okay. And together we're going to find solutions. They exist. The best way to find the right solution to whatever challenge is to define, if you will, the challenge as well as possible, which means for the young person to give words to it um, and to feel like they can do that. And it's going to be okay.
1: I really, I really admire what you do. And I think it's so important because I think that there is such a stigma around mental health and the work that you guys are doing is great.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. And can I send you links to resources? Yes,
0: please do. Absolutely. Right? Yes, please do. Great. She was wonderful. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Something that really stuck out for me was talking about how the solution, it always begins with being able to speak up. And I think that it, it's so important. Sometimes it's easier said than done to be able to speak up. I, I think now more than ever, it can be stressful. Uh, this is a stressful time. Never be afraid to speak up. I couldn't agree
1: more and I loved when she said that and I also thought it was really interesting when she touched on the fact that the people who we think are more okay than others that they're happy and that things are going so well in their life are oftentimes more likely to be struggling with something because wounds are not visible. They are inside of us. We carry them with us. We carry that weight and that load with us every single day. And even though we're experiencing this pandemic, it's giving us that opportunity to be able to not just get help, not just if you have a mental health condition, but for anyone who needs help. This is an opportunity for you to know that you are not alone in a time where physically you may be, or you may not be surrounded by life that you are used to, but you do have a tribe of people who are there for you.
0: Absolutely. And Speak Up has a lot of great resources for not just middle schoolers or students, but also parents right now. I know parents are going through a lot. Becoming homeschool teachers, this time can be stressful. And Speak Up has a lot of great resources for parents during this time. I think the biggest thing
1: that we want you to get from this episode is that we want to squash the stigma around mental health. We want you to not feel ashamed to talk about what you are going through, what you're struggling with. And we really appreciate you tuning in today because we know that it's an extremely heavy topic. And before we end, we wanted to provide you with a few resources that you can use if you are having an emergency, if you need help or someone to talk to, call the Suicide Prevention Hotline at 800-784-2433 or the Crisis Call Center at 800-273-8255. You can also text the Crisis Text Line text 741741. We hope that you will not hesitate to use those resources if you need them. You can
0: also check out our social medias for more information. Don't forget to check out Speak Up and you can check them out at speakup.org for more information uh, during this time.
1: Please do. Well, that's our show today, guys thank you for tuning in. We worked really hard on this episode because we know it's such an important topic and we hope that we didn't disappoint you. Thank you to Marty for being such an amazing guest.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today. And we'll see you back here next
1: week.